As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome to 755 is Real, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. We are we are honored to have a special guest today. Very timely. Uh, Britt Giroli had just came back from a, another fabulous vacation in Montana. Britt, welcome <laughs> back, and uh, <laughs> and thanks for joining us here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. You know, I, all I do is watch baseball and climb mountains, and it's a pretty good life, I must say. <laughs> it's not bad, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was envious because you know what I was most envious of? You guys were wearing like, not like just sweatshirts, but like jackets out there. I'm going, oh God, that must have been wonderful. Yeah. Because it's, it's not jacket weather right now in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's fall out there. And, and, you know, here in DC, it's, it's, it's a, the humidity is really bad too. Oh my so it's God. nice. We were so in DC nice. last week and as hot as it is in Atlanta, DC was next level. It was yeah. 96 and humid and the feels like was 105 and it was sunny. Yeah. I was drenched walking from the green line from the metro to the entrance to the new entrance of the ballpark yep. which was confusing as hell anyway but I won't get into that. <laughs> what a disaster that is. You go uh, in here, you go in here, we'll open this door for you. You go in here, there's no sign so just keep you know where you're going? Uh, you know, ugh. Jesus, man. <laughs> well, when you said disaster, I wasn't sure if you were referring to the current nationals or. Well, the, uh, yeah, the that's a whole. Address. Yeah. Yeah. I like that they've left all the murals up, though, of uh, Max Scherzer and the three pitchers who were supposed to be. <laughs> they, they have that massive mural out in center field, of the, above center field of the three pitchers who were supposed to lead the team this year to the promised land. Yeah. With Strasburg. Uh, Max the only is one- gone. Strasburg's hurt. And the other is like six ERA. Yeah, yeah, Patrick Corbin. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> wow, they are a disaster. Yeah, I'll get to that in just a second. Um, I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, what can you update the people about? Because Britt, if you guys have don't have not been keeping up in the athletic, has been all over this Trevor Bauer situation and uh, covering it and the courts and all that. What's what's going on with uh, with Trevor Bauer? And could you maybe straighten out for people who thought he quote unquote won the other day in court? <laughs> Yes. So what Trevor Bauer, quote, quote unquote, won uh, was a restraining order against one woman in San Diego 
who had basically requested a lifetime restraining order. The judge ruled that this was not a situation that required a lifetime restraining order against Trevor Bauer. Now, the criminal case against him with Pasadena Police Department is still ongoing. Uh, This woman and the woman that the Washington Post wrote about uh, in Cincinnati also have the option of filing a civil suit. And finally, Major League Baseball is still investigating. And the important thing here is Major League Baseball can do whatever they want. They are not beholden to the court system. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it it seems very unlikely that a criminal case is going to be pursued against Bauer just because of the threshold that needs to be met for something like that. This is Mm -hmm. a high profile case. I think it's a case that Pasadena PD has to be positive. We're going to win this case to take it on. But MLB can literally do whatever they want here. As I said, they can take into account the pattern of multiple women They can look at perhaps other complaints, Bauer's history, uh, things like that, in punishing him. So I think, and I continue to believe, that MLB will probably have the strictest punishment here for Trevor Bauer. Um, I would be surprised if we saw him at some point this this season. This is just my opinion here speaking. Uh, It does remain active in the criminal system and also active among MLB. So um, yes, he won the ex parte restraining order hearing, But I think people are a little confused um, thinking that maybe this means that none of these things were true or or anything of the the sort. And that's simply not the case. Bauer's defense was never that they weren't true. It was that in his mind, they were consensual. So um, some important um, things to kind of separate as we parse through what's still to come with this case. Yeah, and it kind of leads me to, uh, and I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see him this year, and I, I think his suspension will probably run in well into next year. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they suspended him for a full year or season's worth of games or whatever. But uh, that's what you said about the legal system and not having really any uh, effect on what MLB does is relevant here in Atlanta because we've got also got this Marcelo Zuna matter hanging over the team. And I think, like, recently Marcelo Zuna had – because initially it was a felony and a misdemeanor. He had a felony reduced. He's got two misdemeanor charges hanging over him still. I mean, the felony was reduced because I guess after looking at the the uh, police video cam camera, I don't think the prosecutor felt it was a uh, a definite winnable case just based on the video footage. So, but it didn't affect the misdemeanors that he still has against him, which uh, are pretty serious. I mean, domestic violence, family violence. Uh, carry pretty stiff penalties in in uh, in, in Georgia, uh, among uh, many other states. But uh, regardless, if you look at all the uh, suspensions that MLB has handed down over domestic violence over the years, a lot of them weren't just, uh, not only was there no conviction, in some cases there were no charges even pressed. So like you said, MLB doesn't care, or I shouldn't say they don't care, but their, their uh, suspensions are not, affected by the legal system they could they could and and they're waiting for the legal uh case to play out because they're investigating too but they're not going to go if if he gets uh if he wins for instance ozuna wins and and is two and he's uh acquitted of his two misdemeanors that doesn't mean mlb goes okay well then we can't suspend him not at all right i mean they could still suspend him for 60 games 100 games whatever Right. In almost every case, actually, Dave, the MLB has decided to punish guys, even when there's no punishment in the legal system. And it's a much higher bar in the legal system, as I said. 
Um, I think we all know in the legal system that there are loopholes, that money can certainly buy you a better defense, a way out of things, Um, that these high-profile cases, a lot of times, as I mentioned with power, courts are hesitant to to go through or to press charges or go to the fullest extent of the law because losing those cases is a black mark as well. So they sort of have to be a slam dunk, for lack of a better term. Uh And with MLB, as you mentioned, like they have – these stipulations in their uh, domestic violence, harassment, and child abuse policies. And it's important to remember that it is a privilege to play Major League Baseball. Right, right. So, right. Right. So whether you are convicted or not, you are still uh, putting MLB and their brand in jeopardy, right? You are still doing things that do not help this sport. And I think when you look at the policies that the Players Union and MLB have agreed to, uh, and you you look at the way it's set up, um, MLB has done a really good job. You look at the NFL with Deshaun Watson's at training camp, and people are just kind of ignoring the fact that he's got like 20 women uh, with these complaints against him. You could say a lot about Rob Manfred and MLB and the way these things are handled, but they do seem to be better than other pro sports in recognizing that, listen, the court system has yet to catch up a lot of the times in harassment, child abuse, domestic violence. Um, And so we are going to institute our own policy. We're going to make it tougher. And I think, Dave, in this next CBA, you may start to see language now in contracts that are going to enable teams to cut bait. Because the issue here, and people always want to know is, well, can't the Dodgers not pay him? Not as it stands right now. And I think that that is going to be something that we may see changed uh, by both parties, the union and MLB, in this next round because the Dodgers have committed $100 million to a guy who may never throw another pitch for them again. And they could give that money to other players. And the vast majority of players don't want this protection for guy. don't want a guy uh, who's uh, charged with those kind of things to be paid. I mean, that's uh, that's a case of the union not really representing the rank and file as much as it's representing, you know, the extreme cases. Right. And 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 I, I agree with you. I think the union would give on that because they know what the rank and file would say. We'd rather give that money to guys who are playing who aren't acting like idiots, you know. Right. But, right. You know, you, it's interesting because. They have, they made it a priority, MLB has, over the other leagues, and they really have, this is the one thing, these domestic violence cases, where they have been pretty consistent in handing down suspensions. And while the American jury uh, justice system sucks in that if you're a multimillionaire, you have a leg up on the average Joe in winning these things because you can just keep throwing more money at it and exploit, find any loophole. You could spend millions of dollars like Trevor Bauer can to win where uh, they're not going to prosecute the thing. If it costs them millions to prosecute it and they might not win it. That is the County, you know, the LA, like you said, they're not going to prosecute unless it's winnable. And if you, if you're facing a multimillionaire who can have the best attorney and pay them on, you know, gives them a leg up, but that doesn't affect MLB though, you know, because they're not taking him to court. They're not worried about how much money he can throw at it. They don't care if he's the highest paid player in a game, which he is right now. Right. And and what's interesting to me is, do you remember a few years ago around the All-Star game when some of the homophobic slurs by players came out? Josh Hader, yeah. Trey Turner, right. uh, who's with the Nationals now out in L.A., was one. Sean Newcomb, uh, here. Right. Well, so after that happened, um, MLB got a third party uh, to help clubs mine for this kind of data among uh-huh. their players. So mm-hmm. players who are drafted now, minor league players, uh, at first they had to sign a consent form for this. 
but now it's worked into their contract. So they know and will be punished when there's things on their social media. So that's what leads me to believe that the next logical step here, if they can protect themselves from a player having these kinds of awful tweets, I think what they're going to maybe move toward next is protect themselves towards something like this. A guy's got skeletons in his closet. Uh, Mm -hmm. A guy has to deal with multiple restraining orders, things like that. I think teams are going to be um, better equipped, I guess, moving forward. Because for a while, it was just turn a blind eye, cover it up. Um, And I think now we're moving toward the the era where it's like, well, well, no, like you want to play baseball, you need to also be a law abiding citizen, right? You need right. to also be a better person. Again, it goes back to the privilege here. Uh, you know, what would the athletic think if they found a whole bunch of, of restraining orders on you or me, or, you know, a whole bunch of homophobic <laughs> tweets? Yeah, you'd be gone. And so I think Major League Baseball is starting to recognize that and recognize the the importance of the brand. Yeah, yeah. And, and people that ask, you know, as soon as Ozuna got arrested people ask, well, can the Braves void the contract? Well, no, they can't because of the CBA and the the way it's written now, it would be, you would think there'd be a morality clause where they would go, okay, he got arrested for domestic violence. The contract is voided, but that's not the case. It's, it's so hard for a team that really basically the only way they could get out of paying him the contract is if he has to go to jail and he's unavailable to play. And that's how they could get out of the contract. Right. He's unavailable yes. to play. Yes. And I also think, you know, as a, as a sidebar here is that maybe if they do have that clause with voiding, maybe it does prevent some domestic violence. Yeah. Maybe in the heat of the moment, it does go through the back of that player's Tens head. Tens millions of dollars. On, this would cost me to, to push this woman against this wall. You know, maybe I should right. not do this. You would exactly. hope they would. But of course, a lot of times these are fueled by drunken rages and Anyway, um, that's interesting. Uh, it's got, I, everybody's following this thing, but yeah, Trevor Bauer is a perfect shitstorm. This guy's just ruined his career. I mean, he had the spin rate thing. His, his performance was already seemed to be in decline this year. After that, you know, he's a guy that's trashed so many teams, potential employers, teams that might be able, willing to take a guy with this black mark on him. He's trashed half of them. Um, and the Dodgers players have come out and said, you know, even though even if they don't put their names on it, they don't want him back. It's just pretty clear they don't want him back. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting scenario, and, and it'll be fascinating to see how long his punishment is, and then also, as you pointed out, like the the aftermath of all of this. Does does he get signed immediately? Does he yeah. have to go pitch somewhere else? Does does somebody take a chance on him? Or is, is he just blackballed forever? I don't know if anyone has the answer to that. Yeah. But I do think there are teammates and are guys who maybe would look the other way at some transgressions, right. domestic violence, and some of these other things who might not be so willing to look the other way on this because it was very public, very disturbing, and again, was never denied. Right. Um, the acts were never denied. It was a case of consent and whether or not this woman needed protection for life against him. So. Right. Uh, you know, as you said, it really is this perfect storm. And it's, to me, an, an interesting spot for Rob Manfred to be in to send a message one way or the other um, about MLB and what they're going to accept and not tolerate going forward. Yeah, this would be the guy that he could send that message with without really ruffling the feathers of many people, you know. This, and that's Trevor Bauer. I mean, he's put himself in this position, too, by being set, a guy that's disliked so much and being so outspoken about so many things ripping other guys for so many things. And then here he's got this going on for months and months, apparently. And while he's 
even while he's talking about other people doing relatively, you know, benign things on and off the field. And, and he's doing what he's allegedly doing behind closed doors. My God, man, that's some, that takes some balls to do that. What he was doing. Yeah. I mean, this guy. Let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Last night, Braves Yankees meet last night. You know what I was shocked to find out? It was the first time since 1901 that two teams with nine or more game winning streaks met. I would have thought that had happened, but it had not happened in 120 years. Yeah. With, and yeah. And you know, three you know times what happened? In and the, really? Those teams, the last time they met, they split the series. So this, will the Braves win tonight and yeah. they repeat history? They got a pretty good chance because they're facing a lefty. They, they had won 10 straight games against lefties, by the way. To last night, uh, they're facing a lefty tonight with a five and a half ERA. So they're a lot better chance. They got Charlie Morton pitching. So there's a good chance they get a split in this thing. So they uh, also they also have their whole bullpen, right? Because last do. night it seemed like Snicker kind of saved all his guys. Yeah, he didn't use they, his big guns last night. So they should. I mean, theoretically, they should be more aggressive if Morton struggles early. I would think. Right? And they've got two uh, days off. They've got this unprecedented two days off. So I think he'll empty the pen. Uh, if if Morton struggles early, although Charlie's a guy that all season we've seen him, he'll he'll give up two runs in the first inning, and then he won't give up anything for the next six. I mean that's just what he does. So you know he'll be a little different than him than he would with some others. So you would just get him out of there and use the whole bullpen because I mean there's no there's no reason not to you know use the whole pen with two days off. Yeah. I mean I, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe when I sort of saw the schedule last year. I've been doing this a long time. I have never seen that before. And not only that, everybody I talked to, nobody has seen it before. Snicker hasn't seen it. Chip Carey, I talked to him. Players, of course, haven't seen it. Uh, I've never even heard of it. And it came about because the Yankees, were they wanted to play a day. If they played uh, uh, Wednesday, they wanted it to be a day game. Braves did not want to play a day game. If they, if, you know, if, But it would have had to be because they're flying west, I think the Yankees are. Anyway, the Yankees would have preferred to play Monday rather than Wednesday and then have off, right? The Braves were good either way because they hate playing day games here. It's so hard because of the parking situation around there. They use offices and stuff. and So they just like to avoid day games if they can. Plus, they sell tons more tickets for night games. With the Yankees in town, they're going to have a yeah. sold-out crowd. So that's how it worked. And, you know, the Yankees requested it back when the schedules were being formulated and the Yankees the Braves were like, we're good with that. That's fine. We'll do it Monday instead of playing Tuesday, Wednesday, have an off day in front and back. So 
as a result, we got two off days in the middle of a season, which is just bizarre, man. But yeah, it, it is. It, it's, I- it's weird. But anyway, so so yeah, that, I would I would think that they will uh, they can and will use anybody they need to tonight. But uh, uh, the Braves have got this has been uh, these two teams are so similar in that a lot, so many people had written both of them off uh, three four weeks ago. Yankees were in a, such a tough division and were showing no signs of being able to catch Red Sox, Rays, and then they just got hot. At about the same time, the Braves got hot. And the Braves were in a division that was eminently winnable because the Mets, they had every chance to put distance between themselves and the Phillies and the Braves, and they didn't, you know. And then they started getting injuries, and they lost DeGrom. And so now, you know, the Braves just kept around playing 500 ball, just kept treading water, and then they caught fire, and they made those trades at the deadline, which a lot of people ripped uh, Alex at the deadline for why'd you go get three outfielders and one reliever? You know, why didn't you go get more arms and we didn't need three outfielders and all this stuff. The, the trades have worked out great for them. I mean, and they have been a different team. They caught fire and and they made the most out of playing a really soft part of the schedule. I mean, they cleaned up on that nine-game road trip against the Nationals, who are a shell of what they were, the Orioles, who are one of the worst teams I've ever seen, and they swept the Marlins, which is normally <laughs> a tough place for them to play. But the Marlins are kind of in white flag mode, too. You know, they traded away a lot of their pieces, including Duvall, to the Braves, who helped them beat the Marlins the way he helped the Marlins beat the Braves while he was there. Right. So there we are. But there's your two teams there. You covered the Orioles and the Nationals. I don't know which one's worse right now. Well, I know which one's worse. <laughs> the Orioles are worse. But the Nats are yeah. pretty bad. The Nats are pretty bad. And and count me among the people who wrote off the Yankees because I just thought there was no catching yep. the Rays and the Red Sox. And it's been made possible by the Red Sox here having a slide at yeah. the same time the Yankees are hitting that crescendo. I never gave up on the Braves, though, because the NL East was so winnable right. and because the me Mets too. never, they just never looked like this runaway team. As soon as DeGrom was out for the season, you were like, Oh boy. Yeah. That's it. Right. Like the Mets just kept that they are the only team, I think, in MLB that like less than 20% of their games have they had their projected starting lineup. Mm -hmm. Um, Just been totally decimated by injuries. Just have had a lot of guys totally underperform. I think they keep waiting on on that offense to click. Yeah. Lindor, Javi Baez, who is back now. Michael Conforto's had a terrible year for them. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Smith, really the only guy who was hitting consistently has been Brandon Nimmo. And so I think when you look, Right. When you look at these teams, you look at the Phillies and the Braves hanging around. To me, it's going to come down to like schedule now. The Braves did what they were supposed to do. They did what the Padres couldn't do, which essentially the Padres had an easy two week stretch, couldn't beat any of those teams. Now they may find themselves out of the playoffs. The Braves took care of business and now they have a tough part of their schedule coming up. So now they've got a little confidence. They're playing well. The key is going to be, can they take that momentum, right? As you know, it's a momentum game. Two weeks ago, this this Yankees-Braves teams was a a slot fest, right? It's a game I don't tune in for. Instead of last night, like watching and kind of feeling that playoff-esque atmosphere a little bit. So can they, do you think, take this and run with it here? Because their schedule gets a lot harder here. Oh, my God. They went from the softest part to by far the toughest part. And I've also, another thing I've never seen on the schedule is, three West Coast trips in the last five weeks of the season. That's unheard of. You know, the Braves usually play those teams early or in the middle, maybe one at the end, but they've got Padres, Dodgers, Giants, all in the last five weeks, out there, all in the last five weeks of the season, plus the Giants here later this week. So, 
and Colorado. Colorado is is bad, you know, as mediocre a team as they are, they're still good at home. So that's not a gimme at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about the Phillies. They have the softest schedule in the in the league the rest of the way in baseball. But what happened? They go out to Arizona and get swept by the D-backs. So it's not like you still got to win those games, you know, and the Braves did that. You know, it would have been like the Braves going into Baltimore and losing two out of three. That would have been the equivalent right. of, you know, the Phillies getting swept out in uh, Arizona. So, yeah. So, yeah, but I agree with you. Watching the Mets play the Braves all year, I never watched the Mets and went, oh, they're going to be tough to catch. And the Braves were the same way. They they saw them and go, we can catch these. All we have to do is get hot. We can win this division. And that's why, to a man, they never panicked and they never said anything like, oh, it's going to be tough. They were never worried. I mean, they were worried in the sense that they had not gotten on one of those runs, but they knew they could do it at any time. And then once they once they made those trades, it seemed to like kind of wake them up a little bit and and, you know, and a couple of guys got hot, like Dansby Swanson and Riley are playing Swanson. the best baseball of their lives. Swanson has gone from a guy in the first half, you were like, he's just not as good as we thought he was going to be, to exceeding those expectations. Right now, he's been phenomenal. He's got like 10 homers since the break. Yeah, yeah. Dude, those two guys could definitely get MVP votes. Riley's going like to get you look at the Braves and you're like, okay, how are they able to do this, right? Without Acuna yeah. and just with, with you know, some of the issues that they've had, some of the injuries that they've had, obviously losing Soroka, uh, you know, some of the, for another year. Yeah. And they've really been able to sustain this because like you said, Dansby Swanson, who I didn't realize until I was watching the game last night, just where he's at right now in terms of shortstops in the league and yeah. what he's been able to do. The He's always been good defensively, but the power yeah. is kind of what's setting him apart. It's deceptive. You look at him, you're like, how's he doing that? Opposite field, right. too. Yeah. Right. Him and Riley are, are really kind of that that force that's driving this Braves team forward. And, you know, the Phillies, to me, it all rests on Aaron Nola. Because every year in September, Aaron Nola really struggles and can't yeah. get it done. And we know Wheeler's had a great year. You know, he's a guy who's going to get some Cy Young votes, certainly, yeah. especially with DeGrom uh, being out. But you, you look at it and you're like, okay, if, if Nola – is pitching well, the Phillies are dangerous. This is going to come down to the wire. But if he can't figure it out here, I think that the stage is set and it's the Braves' division to lose here, which is crazy. Even a month ago, if we were talking about this, yeah. no, this would be their, their fourth title in a row. Yeah. Um, when you look at where they started and where they're at, and I think, as you said, Anthopolis making those moves at the deadline, it would have been really easy to stand pat. Yeah. To do nothing and say, well, we don't really know if we're going to be good or not. I wonder how much that like mentally helped this team being like, you know what? Yeah, we're going for it. Let's yeah. just do it. To his credit, he looked at the he looked at the competition more so than what the Braves were and said, you know, there's no reason why we can't win this division. Let's go for it. And he had, you know, he has seen it time and time again, working in Toronto, what happened when he made trades, at the day, what it did for teams, what it meant for teams. And on the other hand, what it said to your team, if you didn't make moves, if you said, you know, it's up to you, you know. Nothing saps a team more than that, you know, that then that, you're having no confidence from your front office when the division race is out there to win, you know. And a lot of fans would have said, even if the team, division is winnable, they can't win a World Series, so let's just be sellers. But that's that wouldn't have made any business sense for the Braves. They're getting great walk-up crowds. They're filling the battery next door, the retail and, and uh, uh, bars and restaurants, which they get a big piece of. So if you wave the white flag at the trade deadline, that's all going to dry up a lot. You're not going to get those walk-up crowds and the excitement and all that. So it made good business sense for them to do this too. But the division was just eminently winnable. And anybody who's been around baseball a long time knows the, the playoffs are, I know it's a cliche, but they're a yeah. crapshoot. Totally. It's up to your starting pitcher. And if the Braves have got Charlie Morton, who's been the best starting pitcher in the postseason for the past five or six years, the best, if you look at his numbers, 
You got him. You got Max Freed, who on any given night can be one of the best five or six pitchers in the league easily. And they got Ian Anderson, who at time, you know, not to mention Waskari Noah, who looked great Noah. since he Yeah. So yeah. they've got the pitching. And with the bullpen added Rich Rodriguez, all of a sudden, and Tyler Matzik's pitching like lights out. He's been phenomenal, you know, for the last 30, 32 appearances. So uh, they've got the pieces now with Austin Riley having picked up so much of the slack from Acuna gone. I mean, he's not Acuna, obviously, but the numbers, if you look at the numbers that uh, Austin Riley, like you said, he's going to get MVP votes. His numbers are really close to Freddie's as far as OPS, slugging, even his OBP, which I would have never thought, and his average, he's hitting almost 300, which this is a guy that could not hit a slider a couple of years ago. He's just defenseless against it. So right. those guys, Dansby and Ozzy Albies, who quietly, you know, uh, once again, he's uh, he gets overshadowed, but the guy putting up numbers again. They're going to have four guys with 25 homers uh, when uh, when when uh, Ozzy hits a couple more homers. They'll have four guys with 25 and could end up the season, when you include Duvall, they could end up the season with like four guys with 30 homers easily. Yeah, and, you, and you're right. Once you get to the postseason, I mean, I covered – a Nationals team that won, won a wild card. card game because the the ball went through someone's legs yeah. and they parlayed that into a World Series title. They had like five pitchers they trusted. It wouldn't surprise me if the Braves did something like took Yanoa and had him piggyback on someone, right? right? And right. had him be that guy who pitches you know, every other day as like the long man. You've got those three starters who get you at least four or five innings in the playoffs. Yeah. You've got this good bullpen now and you've got an offense that seems to be clicking. So... To me, it's literally anyone's anyone's title. Once you get into the playoffs, it's yeah. whoever's the hottest team, as we've seen before. That's all it takes. So I think you, you, if you think you're a playoff team and you think you can get there, you don't worry about whether the team is built for the World Series or not. Right. Because so many times, right. the actual best team on paper doesn't win the World it's the Series. the hottest team. It's the team that yeah. goes in with the momentum and makes it. We've seen how many wildcard teams have won the World Series now? Like three? I mean, oh, easily, yeah. yeah. There's, there's been a lot Marlins of teams. I mean, twice. the Marlins, they yeah, did it the twice. Marlins have done it. The Cardinals, I think, have done it as a wild card team. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Cardinals did the it. Nationals. They, they won less than ninety games the year they won the World Series. Mm -hmm. So, yes. yeah, I mean, we see it again and again. It's not like one in, one case of it, you know, being a uh, an anomaly. It happens. So, I think the Dodgers still are the favorites after the trade after the Scherzer uh, Trey Turner trades. I, I think. Before you add Scherzer, maybe they're they look uh yeah, they could be they could be beaten. And it, they're not even leading their division, but I still think they're the favorites just because adding Scherzer gives them such a, a great rotation for the postseason. But that's not to say they can't be beat, because they can for sure. The Giants, I mean, <laughs> the Giants gotta feel good about beating them. They've they've done it enough times now that uh the Giants, uh, people, I don't think the vast majority of fans are still sold on the Giants, even though they have the best record in baseball, you know, because they're yeah. kind of playing. They're not on TV every night like the Dodgers and the Padres because they don't have the sexy players, you know, like Tatis and people like that. But they're just doing their thing and the pieces fit together so well. And, you know, Posey's just been so huge having this resurgence in his career when everybody had written him off and figured he was on the downside of his career. He's just been so big for them, you know, and guys yeah. like Gosman pitching so well. They've just that Crawford, all these guys Crawford. are just the pieces just fit together really well. They really are. They're like a band of misfits of it, but the front office has really looked at it as like, Great how do we office. get just a, a little bit better, right? Had a game of inches the whole way through. Yeah. And they loaded up their coaching staff and they kind of got all these guys and they're like, okay, how do we make 
these guys just a little bit better. And yeah. Crawford was so great at the All-Star game in explaining that like the Giants like retooling his swing and they, they have all these reclamation projects and they staff them with the right people yeah. and they've been able to get the most out of these guys. And Gossman's a great example. Here's a guy who really has reinvented himself. His stuff isn't as good as it was years ago in Baltimore, no, but he's all. pitching better. Yeah. He's learning to be a pitcher. And to me, they're just a, a really interesting team. And as you mentioned, they just beat the Dodgers, I think, last night again. Mm-hmm. They, they've they've beat them all year, and there's something to be said for knowing you can beat a team sure. when you get into the postseason, I and, think. And that you know, team knows you can beat them, you know? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That so. I mean, it, it, it's not a coincidence. The front offices, when you look at the ones that goes guys that work together and how they approach this thing, they stress like like Alex learned so much working in L.A. with those guys, and they stress the same things: depth, versatility. But they think as much about the players, the twenty through twenty six, as they do the top end of the thing, because you got to have the stars, yeah. But they make sure that they have depth where they're never caught with their pants down. They're never caught with a triple-A catcher in there, you know, if they can help it in a key role or bringing up a guy and putting in the outfield who was like, I hope he's ready. Instead, they go out and he trades for three outfielders. At the, You know, he brings in Soler, who had 46 homers a couple of years ago and has been great with the Braves. Duvall comes back in, has been great with the Braves, handles left field. You don't have to worry about that every night. Adds Jock Peterson who people forget has been never not been yep. to the postseason has been a terrific postseason hitter who brings him, he brings him in, lets him initially hit against lefties. Now they're kind of platoon him with a, a, a Heredia, another misfit who is good platoon guy. So it's just that they're doing the king, kind of the Dodger way of having this depth and, and all these pieces and not having a couple of guys who are just not fit for the major leagues. You use them in the right spots. You don't, you know, yeah. So the, the 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 front offices that that came out of that L.A. think tank, you know, and now running the Giants, and then you look at the, what the Rays do. It's not. I mean, if the Rays don't have him as a GM, they're not doing what they do every year. I mean, they just they they continue to do it year after year after year with the with the budget they have in that division, and they stress. They do it their way, but they stress depth and having all the pieces, and you know, it's just. Uh, you can't you can't just throw money at it and expect it to expect to win. Now the Yankees do it because they have so much money, but most teams can't do that. <laughs> you got to be smart doing it. And the Yankees do have some depth here. If you right. look at it, they've they've got sneaky depth. They're not just that big market team. They've got a good farm system. They do have. They made some really good. We talked about the Braves tried deadline moves. The Yankees made some great. Really, they did. Jo- Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo like yeah, really seem to prop both- that team up. Yeah, Gallo made a catch last night that probably saves the game at the time when it was still winnable. Um, yeah, and the Dodgers, obviously, they, they not only have the money, but they do everything right. They do international free agency. They've always been great at it. They had the Dominican Academy and all that before anybody else did. They do. They draft great, you know. They stress having the pieces. They always cover. They always get these pieces. You're like, did they really need that? Well, like, no, they they want that because they don't want to ever be caught with an injury or two ruining them. So they can absorb Trevor Bauer, the Cy Young award winner, and like not even talk about it being, it's like they just move on, you know? So they have the, they have the best of all worlds, obviously. They got the money and they do everything else right too. And they got a great GM too. So, but if you can beat the Dodgers, which the Braves had a chance last year in the NLCS, you're doing something. But the Dodgers are better this year, I think. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. I think it's I think it's wide open. I don't think it's a given of what, what's going to happen. The AL's wide open for sure. Look at the White Sox. 
yep. what they're doing with yeah. Larusa, man. Everybody just everybody just got shits all over Larusa, but look at him. I mean, just he gets results. Yeah, that's a really talented team. Oh that's yeah, a really. It'd be hard to mess team. it up. It would have been hard to mess it up. But he's done a good job with them, I think. He has. He has. And and you're right. I mean, the AL, in my opinion, is wide open. The Astros, we kind yep. of forget about. But yep. they're, they're, they're talent because they're not super flashy anymore. Yep. They're talent. They're just a talented team, right? They're just a very talented team. Yeah, they're solid. Uh, they don't have any weaknesses. No, they don't. And they've, they've been good here for a while. They've been just steady, steady the pretty much the entire season so you look at the rays as we talked about really good team i think oakland's probably going to come up short i think the blue jays unfortunately are probably going to be on the outside looking in but what a good team to be ultimately probably a fourth place team that's sure fun to watch gonna be yeah i mean it's gonna be i love when we get to september dave because that's when like all of a sudden every game matters right Um, for the teams that are that are trying to get to the playoffs, it becomes that extension of October almost, yeah. right? Like once we get to September, the countdown is on, and it's just my favorite month outside of obviously the the playoffs. But you know, it's no longer do you hear guys say, "Oh, it's early" or "We have time." It's no, not the, the urgency. dog days, and it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah there is urgency for sure. You're yes. not hearing that anymore. Like, yeah, there's still a lot of baseball to be played. You don't hear that as much now. It's like right. every game counts. They're literally saying that every game counts. You know, so. <laughs> Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, I looked at the power rankings that we had in the, in the Athletic yesterday, the new ones, Dodgers, of course, are at the top, even, even though the Giants are going, wait a minute, we got the better record. <laughs> <laughs> Giants, the only 80-win team in baseball. Um, the Astros are third. The Brewers, man. Oh, the Astros, the Rays are third. The Rays are third. The Brewers, uh, fifth after the Astros. The Brewers are another team that kind of like the Astros. They're not real sexy or anything. They're just, they just, they're, they're big three on their starting rotation is so yeah. good. Their bullpen is so good. And they got some really, they got some horses in the lineup too. And I think, in my opinion, they got the best manager in baseball. I think Craig Council is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And they're certainly right up there. And, I mean, they're a team that kind of like every year hangs around. And yeah. then in, in September, you look at the Dodger, I mean, the Brewers September record and, and it's pretty crazy. Like yeah. they've always, they've always been a team that's really thrived there at the end of the season. They've done great with roster expansion. You're right. Council does a great job kind of with the, the roster manipulation. Corbin Burns. I mean, after the start of the season, he had to still be pitching like he's pitching. Yeah. As you mentioned, Brandon Woodruff, like that, that rotation has just always been there and now we're seeing the offense and now you're like god this is this is a really strong team, team. this isn't 
This isn't the Brewers of, of years past where they're like fringy, right. right? This is a team you don't want to play in the postseason, especially no. in a short series because of that rotation. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a formidable first three. Any team with a great first three, they got a chance in the postseason. I mean, and, 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 and on the other hand, if you've only got a couple of starting pitchers, you're vulnerable because that game three, you can't run that game one starter out there in game three. So, right. You know, and you're going to bullpen game it. Not many teams can get away with that other than the Rays. <laughs> no, exactly. And, and the, the pitching is the reason. Else. Yeah, the, the pitching to me is like why the Padres are in this position, right? They fired their pitching coach yesterday. Yeah. Uh, um, sorry, hey, that's a big is, dog. Uh, <laughs> he usually doesn't move. He must be really fired up about the Padres moves. Uh, you know, to, to me, uh, obviously, it's never the pitching coach's fault, right? No, but, scapegoat. Yeah. Larry got scapegoated. Yeah, no totally. Doubt. But when you you look at the pitching, like the pitching is the reason the Padres are in trouble now. Yeah, the re- it's the reason that they might miss the postseason because Manny Machado is having an MVP year. We know Tatis has been in and out; he's been hurt. Uh, but it's the pitching. Yeah, you look at their rotation; it's in shambles. There's really been no pitcher who has done what they have expected no. them to do, and no. this might be the reason they miss the postseason after this this spring of like unprecedented expectations, right? We were talking about the rivalry with the Dodgers and the Padres and neither of those teams may win the division. Yeah. And we all were like um, two months into the season saying, well, it's a given three teams are coming out of the West, you know? So the other two, the the other divisions, you better win the division or you're not getting in. Well, I don't think the Padres are going to get that wildcard spot. Now it's going to go to the second place team in the central or even the East. Yes. I, I mean, the Reds all of a sudden have, I, I like woke up one day and was like, whoa, the yeah. Reds are in it. You know, it's just, it's remarkable. And obviously watching Joey Votto play like just, this. Yeah. You add him so to Castellanos fun. and Winker. You got three guys that are like murderers row now with Votto right. hitting for power. I mean, those right. three guys, you look at their power numbers. It's like, whoa. I mean, count me among the people who thought that Votto's best days were behind. Oh, him. Absolutely. I just, I just, I just did not see it. You know, yeah. I have no problem admitting that. I didn't think the Yankees were going to make the playoffs a few weeks ago. I didn't Shocking. think the Reds. Shocking. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think he had this in him. And it's been so fun to watch. He's one of the most fun players yeah. in baseball. I think one of the the coolest personalities. Yeah, and, he's great. Uh, he's really intelligent and witty. Um, and dry sense of humor. But yeah, that was like three years ago. I'm like, yeah, draw another walk, Joey. Jesus, you know, he's like at 450 <laughs> on base percentage, higher than his slugging percentage. You know, his on base was. I mean, it's a guy that was like, dude, they're not paying you 25 million or whatever to draw, you know, 200 walks and hit 10 home runs or well, whatever right. he did. He wasn't that low, but. I was the same way. I was like, he's on the downside. It's a shame to see you. Like, start to feel sorry for him yeah. a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. And now he's just raging. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's crazy. And he's changed his swing. It's, uh, yeah, he's, he's changed his swing. And he's one guy that it's actually working, that he's hit. He's hit, trying to hit for power and it's working. Not many guys can get away with doing that, but he's a pretty special hitter. But yeah, he's a different hitter than he used to be. He's not up there looking for walks now. <laughs> But no. he'll take one. But he's hitting for he's hitting for he's doing damage, man. And now now I'm like all in on this Reds thing. I'm like, well, now I kind of want to see them get the second wild card. They could be kind of fun, you know. It's yeah. you know you don't want the Padres to limp in. That's not fun. I want I want a really good yeah. Wild I don't think the Padres game. are going to do it. I think they're going to keep spiraling because they, you know, and Tatis is at any given time could go down again. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so. we'll see. What's well, going to be interesting. All right. Well, I've kept you long enough, and I really appreciate all your insight on this stuff. It was really good. Yeah. And uh, 
you you know what's going on with that stuff. It's good to I'm sure the the listeners are appreciated to clarifying some of these things. Yeah, well, it was great to chat with you. Great All to right. join. Aren't you glad Hopefully you're not covering the Nats right now? Uh, oh, God, those are always, as you know, as a beat writer, there's nothing worse than a team that doesn't want to win the last like six weeks just like playing out the string. Yeah. It yeah. is. It is just Terrible. you are checking those days off. You are yeah. in and out of the stadium as quick as possible. You know, it's what am I going to write that, about today? Oh, God. And, you know, the Nats rebuild is still in the infancy. So you're not like, oh, can't wait to watch these young guys. Yeah. They're not there yet. Yeah. You know, yeah. similar to the Orioles. They're not there yet. So fans can't even go and watch a Adley Rushman. Yet. Yeah. You know, you got to just hope. Hope is a dangerous drug, but it's really all you have. Only thing worse clubs. might be covering the Cubs right now. <laughs> That's another story. Because <laughs> to me, that is like, uh, uh, there's no excuse. The Cubs should never be in this mode, in my opinion. When you've got... Wrigley Field, the, the the teller, the ATM that is Wrigley Field and the surrounding Wrigley Field. Yeah. I don't care what they say. If they've convinced some of their fans that, oh, they did what they had to do. No, they didn't. They no. should be like the Dodgers and the Yankees. The Cubs should never be down like that. And the Red Sox. Those are teams that have too much money to ever be have to go into rebuild mode like that, in my opinion. Yeah. Make yeah, too much no. money. Two good of fan bases, ballparks, everything else. They should never be in that kind of stripped down mode. But yeah, yep, I totally agree. Well, thanks for having right. me. Er- Eric will be back for everyone who we can't hope. wait for that. Yeah. We hope. We never know. <laughs> he might have another kid. Who knows? Um, all right, that's it. <laughs> thanks, Britt. We appreciate it. Seven fifty-five is real. We're out. <laughs>